opportunity to uh, share God's word before you. And I'm going to be continuing our series. For those, of you, for those of you who haven't heard, our youth has been uh, a part or doing this series, a six-week se sermon series on living on purpose. This was kind of our theme for the year, as Victor kind of explained uh, last week. But also something that I want to mention before I start is that every sermon in this series is, has been recorded and has been posted on Spotify, on the a CLY Morning Podcast. So if you haven't been here, if you're new to our youth, or you just want to uh, listen in, I strongly recommend and encourage you to actually go and, and listen to these sermons. Listen to them again, even if you already heard them once. They're always good. They're always going to be edifying. And with that, um, the topic of my sermon today is really the first thing that comes to mind when you hear purpose, right? You might have been sitting here, sitting in your pews, uh, listening to the sermon series and think, when are they going to talk about the individual? When are they going to talk about my purpose as, as who I am in Christ? Because that, that's where my mind always goes. And the title that has been given to me is Finding Your Purpose. You, as a member of the body of Christ, what is our purpose? So with that being said, I just want to get right in into God's word. And if we have our Bibles, let us open up to Romans chapter 12. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but bear, bear with me, and it's very good. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I just want to stop right there. And is that not all of what we've just been preaching about? These past four weeks, this is the fifth week of the past four weeks, this is exactly what we were talking about. What does it mean to live what is purpose, the ultimate purpose, and the greater calling? It's all found right here in these two verses. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. I just want to continue on and finish reading this passage. In verse 3, it says, For by grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Amen, church. And like I said before, in this, this whole passage, I think, lies the basis of this whole sermon series. The purpose, I guess you could say, or the whole point behind the previous four weeks of study. We see each of the different themes, and by the end of my message, I hope that you will see the connection with all four topics in your individual purpose. And just diving right in, I want to kind of spend some time in the first two verses just kind of explaining the context and you're going to hear a lot more of this as we go on, so I hope you don't get tired. But we see our first theme, right? What does it mean to live? And that's answered in the, when it says, I, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? And what is it talking about here? Apostle Paul is talking about giving yourself up, 
to laying down your life, everything that you ever desired, everything that you ever planned for yourself, and in, in light of what Christ has to give you, in light of what Christ has to put in your, in your heart to, to lay it down. Because it says in view of the mercies of God, in view of what God has to offer you. And it goes on to talk about the ultimate purpose or your true, the meaning of purpose, and that's your true worship. For this is a true worship. How do you worship God? You worship him by laying down your life and you submitting to his will for your life. And we see again in the, the great calling or this, this thing that sets us apart when it says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God in verse 2. That, that calling that we all have as Christians to be first and foremost set apart from this world that we cannot accomplish on our own as it says, and I think it's 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 where it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that, that not being conformed to this age, what Apostle Paul is telling us here is we can't do this on our own. It's not something that we can choose to do one day. I'm going to be set apart, but it needs to be something that is transformed inside of us that is only done by the good and gracious king, which is Jesus Christ. And in my notes, I have this diagram to kind of help us understand and, and kind of lead me to, to my message. And it's a super easy diagram, so I didn't have it on the screen. So picture with me, if you will, a target, right? You know, you know the, the three circles, a big one, a kind of middle one, and, a, and the small one in the middle. You can also think of it as like a microscope with three different lenses because it's going to be taking a big group of people and then zooming in and zooming in. Or your phone camera, right? They have the wide-angle view. And that wide-angle view, what that's going to be is, is all mankind, right? So everyone who has ever lived, who is living right now, and who is to come. All of God created, all of God's creation. This, the kind of middle view is going to be Christ's church. Who is Christ set apart? The elect as a whole body, as the body of Christ. And then finally, the, the, the smallest view is the individual. And these circles are these uh, kind of views or views of purpose. So if we, we zoom back out and we look at all mankind, right, this huge circle, everything that encompasses everything in between, our purpose as man is to glorify God. Our ultimate purpose is the glory of God, is to bring him glory. That's what Adam did when he walked with God in the cool of the day. And that's what we strive to do ever since, and it's up to us. Whether or not we can we fulfill this calling or not all of mankind, whether you are saved or not, your purpose, the reason why you were created in the beginning was to glorify God. Now moving in and kind of narrowing our view into Christ's church and the body of Christ as a whole, the purpose of the body of Christ is, to, is the Great Commission, our greater calling that we have as Christians to go and preach the gospel, to make disciples. And this is kind of, and then it goes even more. Into the, into the individual, I guess you can call them purposes, but we'll get into that a little bit, of gifts, talents, and desires. And we see these three circles of purpose and how it narrows down. But don't get me wrong, church, that these, these things are not meant to, they're not exclusive. So glorifying God, we glorify God by fulfilling our purpose of the Great Commission. And our gifts, talents, and desires all fulfill and are used by God to fulfill that great commission and ultimately glorify his holy name. And I just want to talk about a little bit about those gifts, talents, and desires a little more. So these gifts, talents, and desires that each one of us possess are mere tools that allow us to fulfill the greater calling in our life and ultimately bring God the glory 
that he deserves. We often mistake these things as our purpose, but by looking at them through this lens, we see how the scriptures make sense when it talks about how we are the body in Christ, one body, yet with different tasks, but ultimately the same goal. So by seeing these, that you, the gifts, talents, and the desires that we have in our hearts, they're not really our purpose, but they're tools to fulfill that greater calling that we have in each one of our lives. So for those of you seeking purpose, that is it. It is to glorify God, and it is to go and preach the gospel. And anything else that we're going to talk about today, they're all mere tools to go that God can use, more most importantly. God can use in your life, and he can use to further his will in your life, which is ultimately to spread his name and to preach his gospel. So I want to take a, take a minute and to really just dive deep into each of these individual uh, areas and flip to some scripture as well. So the first one that I mentioned was gifts. And if we have our Bibles, let us open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, this is a beautiful chapter. Honestly, I wish we could go through it all and, and dive really in deep, and I encourage all of you to do so because it's so rich and it's so um, edifying to, to your spirit. But I want to focus in on the first 11 verses, so I'm just going to read those now. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another the, the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, one and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. And I want to jump down to the end of the chapter in verse 31, and it says, but the desire... But desire greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. And we see here, Apostle Paul, again, is, is writing to the Corinthians, and he's talking about these spiritual gifts, is what I, what I mean when I say gifts. And the question comes up is, are, what are these spiritual gifts? But before we get into that question and kind of uncover what that actually means, I want to highlight what it says in verse 4. It says, different gifts with the same Spirit of God. So that's, that, that was mentioned for us so that we can't go rise up and against one another to say, oh, he has this gift, or I have this gift, so that I am greater and he is lesser. No, it is the same spirit that uh, whatever he uses you for, it's the same spirit of God that abides in you and that causes these gifts to manifest themselves through you. And searching the, the web, the internet, as we often do as preachers, to try and get an understanding of, of what maybe is actually being said here. I found this quote. Uh, I couldn't find an author to give him credit, and that was probably by design, but I really love it. And, and it's, it, talk, it says this about spiritual gifts. It says, from these passages, referring to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Christians understand the spiritual gifts to be enablements or capacities that are divinely bestowed upon individuals. Because they are freely given by God, these cannot be earned or merited. 
And I honestly just, just love that so much as a definition where it's kind of leading us in the, in the right direction of thinking about gifts. And by this definition, spiritual gifts are the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in a person. The recipient of a gift does not do anything in his own strength or will, but all from God. So we see here when we talk about spiritual gifts, it's any time that the Spirit manifests himself through you. Or in other words, the Spirit makes himself known through you. And we see here that our gift of salvation can also be described this way. As the Spirit manifests himself through us, giving us new life, not by our own strength, but by him. And in this definition, it kind of just spoke to me as, as reminding me that all spiritual gifts, whatever it may be, if you're speaking the literal words of God or you're speaking a heavenly language and then interpreting them, it's all from the Spirit of God. It has nothing to do with any of us. Nothing has to do with you individually, except for the fact that you are the vessel that is receiving the gift. Or in other words, the vessel that is being used by God. And therefore, because this gift of salvation is also available to us, and in the same way, when we are saved, and I'm going to talk about this point a little bit later on, but we are one with the Spirit of God. It means that we, nothing of us, but all of God. And, and because we are one, it's now the Spirit of God living inside of us. And then as Christians, anything that we do should be guided by the Holy Spirit and then accompanied by the Holy Spirit. So anything that we can do is, by the Spirit is almost a gift. Even God's love, the attributes of God that are made, made to manifest themselves through us, like the love, the mercy, the grace of God, these are all going to be considered gifts because the, it's the Spirit of God making himself known in you, not that you can boast. But therefore, no Christians can say that they have no gift. For if they received the gift of salvation, which allows God to make himself known through you, then you are gifted. And I just want to speak a little bit about these gifts, the spiritual gifts. It's all for God's glory. So we, when we, when we have, uh, experience these gifts or when we have these gifts in our lives or these manifestations, God is it's God working in us to further his will for our lives. So there is no question on what is or what isn't the will of God, but it's God making himself known. And that is the whole point. That is the whole point of the greater calling is to make him known. If you guys remember the last year's youth camp uh, message that just came to my mind is to make him known, was it not? Right. And it's, how can we do that if we don't know God ourselves? So when God works in us, when God moves through us, when he fills us with the Holy Spirit, and more importantly, pours himself out so that others can hear and others can be filled, that is the purpose and that is the, the reason why we have these gifts. Moving on to talents. If we have our Bibles, let's open up to Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through 5. And it says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have, called by the, by, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with, this, with the spirit of God, with the ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and carving wood, to work in every craft. And then let's flip to the opposite side of the Bible in 1 Peter Chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, it says these words. Just as one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of varied grace of God. 
If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks words, God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen, church. And we see the gifts that it is referring to here are not the spiritual gifts. I mean, they, they also are, but those are already going to be used for the glory of God. But what it's talking about is here is what, was, what we more commonly refer to as talents, as the things that we have in our lives that are special to us. I know we all uh, know that we have something. There's something that's within us. And, you know, the thing is, is that God had placed these in our hearts. He had given them to us, but he also gave us the free will to choose whether or not we're going to give these gifts back to the Lord in order to let him use them, in order to let him uh, use them to the, for the full potential. And we see with this man, I know you probably already don't remember the name. It's a hard name. But Bezalel, um, God had given him this gift to work with his hands, this talent to work with gold and with silver for the glory of the Lord. And he decided to use this talent to give it back because God had given it to him with a purpose in mind. With this being said, talents are a gift given to us by God. However, it's different from spiritual gifts because we have that choice on whether or not to give it back to the Lord. Just because God has given you something special and unique about yourself doesn't mean that you are better or worse than your brother or sister, but you have been given the opportunity to dedicate your talent back to the Lord and serve his kingdom in that special or unique way. You see, the church, these, these gifts and these talents that we have in our hearts and in our lives, they can be used for our own gain. They can be used to lift ourselves up. I know countless examples of singers, of, of uh, professional sports players, whatever it is, who have talents given to them by God from the beginning, but yet chose to uh, use them for their own purpose. But when we give our talents up to the Lord, and we, we give our talents back to the creator, back to the giver of those talents, he can use them alongside our spiritual gifts in order to further his kingdom. A beautiful example of that, and maybe this can help paint a picture in your mind, is say someone has a, a talent of singing or of playing the piano or an instrument, but also has a spiritual gift of leadership and a spiritual gift of, of um, like organization. Well, when, when that person gives that gift or that talent back, back up to the Lord, their beautiful voice or their uh, ability to play in the piano or the, an instrument, then out of that gift, Surrender, you can almost call it, is birth a worship leader or a choir director. And we can, we can use that same kind of logic for a host of different ministries and, and indeed and actually in your life because that is the calling which we have today is to use, is to give up our talents in the light of what God can use them for and alongside our spiritual gifts. And finally, the last one of the three, our desires. And here it's very important to understand the previous messages, mainly what does it mean to live? Because when we live for Christ, or more correctly, when Christ lives inside of us, we become one with the Spirit of God. As we sang in that last song today, I want to be one with your Spirit, God. And if, if you want scriptural evidence, I can, I can prove it to you here. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, but anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
So you see, this is not blasphemy, dear church, and I actually preached a whole message on this one verse and, and what that actually means, but it boils down to nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. As Christians, this is the place we are called to be, and thus the desires of our hearts are from the Father. But the, don't get me wrong, church, it needs to be when you are in the Spirit, when you are uh, seeking after the Lord, when you are working and you are striving to be more and more like Him. God will then begin to work in your heart and He be, will begin to pour out one out of you. And more, more so, He will begin to place in desires in your hearts, and these very desires are your purpose. In Scripture, it speaks that it is good to desire spiritual gifts, as we read uh, just a couple chapters down in, in chapter 12. But also ministries and other works for the kingdom of God. When a desire is placed on our hearts, we should acknowledge it. You know, when we, when we are living this life, a life worthy of the calling set before us, which means living in Christ, like I said, Christ living in you. This when God rests his spirit and abides in you, lives inside of you, it's something completely different than anything we've ever desired before. Although it's, it's going to feel the same way because it's the same desire. You need to understand that the same desire we sin is now transformed for a desire for God. And that should be your first desire is to get closer to the Lord, to get closer to God. And if that's not there to begin with, don't even think about what I'm saying now, but get that in order. To be honest before the Lord, say, Lord, I do not desire you. I do not desire your things, the things that you want, oh Lord God. So place that desire within me and then he will begin to work and continue placing desires in your hearts on where he wants you to go. So like I said, when this desire is placed in our hearts, we should acknowledge it but also review our hearts. And in this next kind of part, it's going to be very practical. I don't want to call them steps, but almost just lists, questions that you can ask yourself to see whether or not am I in God's purpose for my life. And if we have our Bibles, let's open up to 2 Peter. Uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 10. In this passage of Scripture, David actually... Uh, did the exposition on last week, so, so if you recall back to that, but it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. So here we see that Peter instructs us to confirm our calling, to confirm our purpose, but how do we do that? What does that look like practically? You know, so oftentimes, and even here, me, myself, I've spoken many of them before, uh, Many cliches that preachers like to say from the pulpit, you know, whether it is to surrender it all or to give it all to Christ. And we hear these things over and over and over again that they so often lose their meaning to us. And it's not that they don't have meaning, but it's, it's, it's the, a constant repetition without explanation. And here, this is another one to, to, to check yourself, of checking yourself, what does that actually look like? And really, the first thing that you could do is to try and see. If you're questioning your purpose, if you're questioning uh, what, is, what is it that God wants you to do with his life, well, go and try something. But remember, this is all in the context of like what we said before, the past four weeks that we talked about, about living in Christ. Living in Christ. So but trying and see. What, and wherever you are right now, are you at peace? So what, when you go out and when you go and try something new, try a new thing, 
a new ministry, whatever the desire is in your heart. This is also a great way to, to see, is this, what, is this truly from God? But the first thing is, is, just to, is to try and see. And what that looks like is maybe you're a couple months into a new ministry, and you can ask yourself a series of questions, and the first one being, are you at peace? And I'm not just talking about a peace that you can come up with on your own or a peace between you and a brother or between nations. No, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about that peace that you experienced at that, from your moment of salvation. Do you experience that same peace today in that ministry that you're in? A peace that can only be given to you from above. And if you are, I mean, that's, that's, that's um, almost like a confirmation, something that can, can uh, strengthen you in, the, in this ministry that you're in because you are getting a peace that can only be attained from above. So when you're in this ministry and when you're working and you're, and you're trying to do these things, not that it's you trying to do them at all, but it's obviously the Lord God working in you. Are you at peace? Do you have this peace in your heart? Do you also have that desire? In that same way, when you are living for Christ and Christ living inside of you and he's working through you and he's pouring himself out of you, do you still have that desire for that ministry that you're in? Or has it been years? Has it been one year, two years, three years down the line? Are you, do you still have that same kind of passion? Do you still have that kind of same kind of, I guess, desire to work for Christ, to live for Christ, and to do in this ministry? Maybe you have that desire, and first and foremost, the desire to serve God, the desire to live for the Lord. But the desire for this ministry, maybe it has passed. Maybe it has passed, and, and maybe that's your sign for this is a time for a new ministry. And the final question that I come up with is, is it working out? Do you see fruits of the labor that God is uh, working in you? In this, in this ministry that you're in, in this place that you find yourself, are things coming together? Are people being edified? Is the, is the gospel being preached? And that's going to be talking, talked about a little bit later. But you see, try and see, and maybe the answer is no. And that's okay. As long as you have your sights set on the Lord, sights set on the, uh, on the gospel of Christ, if you, if you don't answer no to these, uh, some of these questions, maybe all of them, well then that means that it's just not your ministry and you can move on and you can try something else and you can have this almost sort of confirmation in your life where you say, okay, now I understand. I'm not experiencing this peace. I don't have this desire that I once had or a desire at all and it's not really working out. So this must not be my ministry. And then, all of these things, dear church, I want you to understand. It's not just questions that you ask yourself and you provide an answer, but it's a questions that you ask to the Lord God Almighty. Because these answers, these aren't answers that you could possibly come up with yourself because none of these things are given to you or are, are, are done by yourself. They're given to you. Are you at peace? This peace is not your own. It's from above. So if you're not experiencing this peace, it's clearly the answer is from above. And if you don't have the desire, again, this desire should be from above. So if you're not experiencing that desire, it's not coming to you from above. And working out, God is the creator of all things. He guides all things. So if it's not working out, it is from above. So all of these questions that you ask, they need to be asked alongside prayer, fasting, and just ultimately seeking the Lord. But with that being said, another, another way that you could check yourself is by our two uh, topics of their sermon series, our ultimate purpose. Are you glorifying God? Is that the motive of your heart? Like I said, like that, that initial desire in your heart is to serve God, to, to live for him, to glorify his name. 
And if that's not your desire, dear church, in the ministry that you're in, then get out of there and fix your heart first. Go back and, and ask God to give me humility. Go back and ask the Lord to, to renew in me this passion for Christ, a passion that just wants to glorify God. You know, when you desire something, you make every effort to go and try and to obtain that thing. But this desire that we now have is given to us above, and this desire is for the Lord. So when we lose that desire and we kind of fill our lives with other things, we need to go back to that source of the desire in order to renew ourselves and to fulfill this ultimate purpose. And again, check your heart. Very practical, but also you need the Lord because without the Lord, he's not, you're not going to get this revelation. And finally, this greater calling. Are you preaching the gospel? Because like I said, every single one of the gifts, talents, or desires that you have in your heart or you find in your life, if they're not used to preach the gospel, then there is no purpose in your life because that is our purpose. These things that I mentioned before, they're mere tools that God can use in our lives. But if we're not preaching the gospel, dear church, then we have lost our purpose. So, and that, and that can take on different forms. Like I said, the worship leader up there, it doesn't mean that they're not preaching the gospel. That is their mission field. And for you, each and every single one of you in your lives, you have this purpose. And I don't know your life specifically. I can't tell you exactly what this is going to look like, but you can derive it to you from yourself, from your gifts, from your talents, and from your desires on where the Lord wants you to be. But if you're not preaching the gospel, then what's the point? If you're not furthering the name of Jesus, then what is the point? That is our purpose. Like I stated before, and I'm going to say again, your purpose, and when you find your purpose, your purpose is the gospel, to spread that name, to go and make disciples. And these, all these ways that Christ can use us is a willing and contrite heart. When we willingly give ourselves up to the Spirit of God. And then these things become uh, revealed to us. Because these things can't be revealed on our own strengths. We can't just one day decide that I'm going to go and look for purpose. This world is full of people searching for purpose. But what do you see? You see a world full of broken, and, of, of broken people seeking for a purpose when they don't realize that that purpose is to ultimately glorify the Lord by preaching the gospel to your church. And with that, I just want to encourage all of you to to seek after your purpose, to go and to look for it, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in, in reading God's word and, and worshiping, or even just being still, still in that time of um, evaluation, just looking over your life, praying to the Lord. And I just want to end with a recap. So if you go back, and we zoom all the way back out where we first started, with all mankind, all mankind's purpose is to glorify God. And for, zooming in further, Christ's church, the body of Christ, its purpose, and alongside each and every single one of us the individuals is to the Great Commission, is our greater calling to be set apart and to preach the gospel. And God now uses the individual with the different gifts, talents, and desires to further that purpose in their lives. And a practical way that we can, we can use to check ourselves and see if we are fulfilling God's purpose is to try and see. Is it working out? Are we at peace? Do we still have that desire? Our ultimate purpose, are you glorifying God? Check your hearts. And the greater calling, are you, are you preaching the gospel? And with that, let us stand and let us pray.